and welcome to Lionhearted Marketing. This is a podcast for bold businesses who are ready to go from a slightly scattergun marketing approach to connecting everything they're doing to create joyful, repeatable customer journeys that build connection and consistently convert new clients. That's called a funnel, if you fancy. If you have that nagging feeling, you should have more of a grasp on your marketing, more of a plan, more of a system to support your pretty successful business, you're in the right place. This isn't about trying loads of new strategies. It's about taking what you've got and making the most of it. I'm Sophie, your host, self-confessed tea superfan, marketing strategist, and funnels, or joyful journeys, as I like to call them, demystifier. Join me every Tuesday for my lion-hearted approach to marketing to help you navigate those big moves, stay focused on your goals, and ultimately take your business to the next level. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello and welcome to Lionhearted Marketing Podcast. I am here today with my guest, Rebecca Hayden, or Beck, as I'll probably refer to her as. Beck is a mindset coach and business mentor with a master's in hypnotherapy and NLP and keynote speaking. She guides her clients to rewire their subconscious thoughts and create powerful behavioral changes so they can reach their most mind-blowing visions and goals. Her real passion, specialization, and focus is helping ambitious female entrepreneurs grow their business to multiple five-figure months with so much ease, unlocking their highest level performance, build massive self-trust, and step into the identity of the woman who is living a life full of experiences with regular travel and running a business that actually feels sustainable and safe. So welcome back. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. So if you've been on my email list for a while, or if you follow me on Instagram, you probably will know that I work with Beck. She's one of my coaches and has been since the beginning of this year. I started working with her in January. I'd launched my group program and it was kind of going well, but I think it's probably fair to say I was a little bit all over the all over the place. And not going on. And I think probably the biggest driver of me investing with work with Beck was I, I was doing all the things. I was really busy. I was working really hard and really been drummed into me at such a young age as I now know that working <laughs> hard will give you like you know what you want and actually if it got to a point where it felt like if I wasn't working on my business then I was doing some you know I wasn't working hard enough and therefore I wasn't going to get the money and I kind of realized that if I didn't do something about this I was probably going to burn out so I also wasn't matching you know the level of income I should have been getting for the amount of work that I was doing so that is what we're going to explore in today's episode. It's not going to be all just about me and my problem, although we will delve into that as well. But what we really want to explore today is feeling safe in your business and how you can start to think about what that might look like. And then maybe thinking about if that's whether the thing that's holding you from this next financial level that you know we're all looking to kind of get to. We're also going to talk about how Beth has grown her business to 20K plus a month just using Instagram but how she is now starting to look at using Facebook to take it to the next level. And I'm also going to share my experience of working with Beck and, and what I've learned about myself, but also, you know, watching Beck run a business of that size and what I've kind of taken from it as well. So it is so lovely to have you here. Before we jump in, tell us a little bit more about yourself in real life. Real life Beck. I never get time to speak yes. about real life Beck. Go on, give me some <laughs> real life Beck. Thanks. If you follow on Instagram <laughs> stories, it's quite real life Beck. That's true. That is true. But so I am a dog mom, first and foremost, to a beautiful golden retriever called Barney, who is 
eight months old and you know when you just like oh I'm in love with him I'm so I'm in, in love, love with him and I've never even met him but he's <laughs> so cute I mean he often on our calls he'll like be around <laughs> keeping an eye on what's going on <laughs> come and have a little sniffy sniff around the, exactly, around the camera yeah. it's like again oh <laughs> <laughs> oh it's this one again but yes so I live in a beautiful town called Shrewsbury which is very picturesque it's right on the river it's you know when you live in a place and you're like I can't believe I live here and I think that daily when I'm just like mm, I just yeah. love it it's so beautiful and that's about it really my partner's called Jack he is a salesman too so we can kind of travel the world together he does a lot of things abroad which I just book a flight and go with him which is yeah. crusty as yes I mean yeah. you are the definition of someone living their best life I feel like I live vicariously through you a lot of the time <laughs> I love that I love that so yeah, I was I grew up in the performing arts industry. That's what I did as a career before I became a coach. And that's that's about me. Yeah. And you lived in Australia for a while, didn't you? I did, oh, forget about that. Yes. I split. Uh, <laughs> that little box I put away. Yeah, I lived in Australia for 4 years actually. I do have permanent residency, which I think is quite a mm-hmm. quite it's a quite thing hard. to yeah, it's very yeah. very hard. The hard one of the hardest things I've ever done. But yeah, got permanent residency, lived there for four years, absolutely loved it, and moved back last August. I can't believe it's nearly been a year now. Oh my God, yeah. Mm. Amazing. Okay, so I've got a really important question for you before we jump into everything else. If you go to a restaurant and you can only have a starter or a pudding, what would you choose? Has to hands down be a starter. I'm the most savoury gal there is. Are you? That's so interesting. My we're real split in our family. So like my mum is like super savoury. She's always on like the peanuts, the cheese. Mm. Mm. Whereas I'm so sweet. Like I could just eat sugar all day long. What would you choose as your like favourite starter? God, anything with cheese, like a good Mm. camembert dip with some like red onion chutney. I'm a sucker for a prawn cocktail, if I'm honest. Yeah, I bloody love a prawn cocktail, to be fair. I am like, with you on that. They're not just for Christmas. No, that's <laughs> not for Christmas, guys. It's any occasion. I mean, even better if it's in some sort of like crystal glass, you know, of like course. the 80s style yes. with the prawns over yes. the edge. <laughs> yeah. Although I have to say, I'm quite into burrata at the moment. I mean, Ooh. I know this is a thing, isn't it? Mm. Like, it's a vibe, but I'm No, I'm, I'm starving. Yeah, I know. I know. We shouldn't <laughs> okay so there's a lot we could have talked about today but I think we decided that something that is so relevant to a lot of people and really at any stage of your business as well is this feeling of a lack of safety and I've talked a little bit about it there this feeling of needing to be in it all the time but it comes up in a lot of different ways I know and it comes I think alongside a real frustration of not getting where you want to be but not really knowing why Mm -hmm. so I thought it might be helpful if we start like what sort of how might someone recognize this in themselves? I think it's, I think first of all is recognizing the patterns that you keep playing. So becoming aware is obviously the first step of any sort of change within your business. And I think a lot of the time when we are keeping ourselves quote unquote safe, we do the same things day in, day out, hoping to get different results. Mm. And I think there's, you know, you get to a point in your business and I was definitely here and to be honest and working through it at this phase of my business now, which I know we'll talk about in, you know, in due course, but yeah. you, you're you doing the same things that have got you to that place, but equally 
it's not getting you to the, it's not going to get you to the next place, but you think it is going to. So it's getting yourself to a place where you, you see that you are very comfortable. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's the worst to call yourself out on, mm. right? You know, when you're like, oh, okay, like business has become very comfortable. It's very easy for me to achieve where I am right now and to repeat that process, but equally I'm not where I want to be. So why am I in that comfort? Why am I plodding? Why am I almost a bit stagnant? I get a lot of clients who use that word when they come to me. Like I'm just feeling really stagnant. I'm feeling really stuck in the way of like, I don't know how much more I can be doing. Like I'm doing all the things. I'm showing up the way I always do, but I'm not seeming to get to that next level. And I think it's that being aware of that pattern of going to do something or pushing yourself out of the quote unquote comfort zone. And then a week later, you're back doing the same comfortable things. You kind of teeter. Teeter, absolutely. And I think as well, like, I don't know if, I think there's like a bigger cyclical thing as well, isn't there? Where I think if you're not doing the mindset work as well as the strategy work, this is what happened for me as well. When I take a step back and look at my journey working for myself so far, is that I push myself and I get to that next level. And I'm like, yeah, okay, great. But it's not underpinned. So with like a solid mindset. And so what happens is I almost, all my old money stories come up and like I freak myself out. And then slowly it sort of all ebbs away and Mm -hmm. I end up where I started. It's a bit like, like, you know, when you go on a crash diet and you lose loads of weight and you're like, yeah, I hit my my target. I've done it. That's it. And then like a month later, you're like back to where you started. And Mm -hmm. you're like, well, where did that all go wrong? Like, yeah. I hit it. Why can't I just maintain it? I can maintain this level. Why can't I maintain that level? Mm-hmm. It's very much like that. You know, it's the same as, don't they say when people have gone on crash diets, you actually end up putting more mm. weight on afterwards? The same as people yeah. who win the lottery usually mm. end up in debt. You know, like it's because you're you're going to a place that you your body can hold to an extent, yeah. kind of with with a bit of burnout. Your body can yeah. hold it but your mind is has not caught up like your mind is not there ready to actually hold that amount or maintain or sustain which is you know one of the biggest things that i help my clients with is actually sustain in the next level um so you will sabotage because it does feel unsafe you know your subconscious is here to keep us safe so the moment that it doesn't feel in that safety anymore it will do everything in its power a lot of the time things that you don't even know that you're doing which yeah. is always the uh, always the juicy bits yeah which is really hard isn't it because you think you're just doing what you did to get to that level like if you don't know what's happening underneath it's hard so in terms of what's going on underneath that's the limiting mindset the money a lot of money beliefs so yeah of, i think you know. definitely when you're moving to the next level when you're holding a different amount of money when you've got a new kind of energetic minimum in your bank account, for instance, or a new energetic minimum that you've got coming into your bank. Like I know when I hit kind of 10K reoccurring revenue and I I was on that for so long, like I plodded on that for such a long time because that felt really comfortable for me to do that. And actually like within three months, I was like, hmm, hang on a minute, like this isn't going anywhere. So there's definitely yeah. something about me holding that the next lot of the reoccurring revenue that I now hold. So I think it's the it's definitely the money stories that you've had 
growing up, you know, we take our biggest imprints on from the ages of zero to seven. So we are really almost like little sponges, little walking sponges when we're kids. And we, we take things on from parents, from caregivers, from friends, from the people who music that we listen to, we kind of take that all on. And because we don't have that analytical mind when we're younger, we have nothing to go, oh, that's bullshit what my mom's saying right now. I don't believe that. We go, oh, my mom's saying that right now. And that means that I must believe it. That's how we grow up. So when you're going into that next level of finance, it might, you might have done money mindset work for your previous level. It's going to look very different for the next kind of step up. generationally as well Mm. it's you know they that might have been true for them at that time and you know working for yourself and 10k months or 20k months like you know back in the 70s probably wasn't Mm. something that they even saw role modeled in women so yeah it's like unpicking and also I think just personal perspective like as a mother making sure that I'm not passing that on to my own children as well and having them hear the positive money stories and and that sort of thing Mm. so in terms of identifying what those money beliefs are like where would you start I think first of all just get really clear on what feels unsafe so Mm. you know for me a pattern that I used to do I had quite a big money story growing up to be honest in the way of my dad had a very bad accident when I was in year six we lost the house we lost everything and I took on a lot of beliefs at that point that I couldn't hold money, that I had to always borrow money, that I couldn't spend my own. Like there was lots of beliefs that came up in that in that perspective that I really had to dive into. And I found that because I was really good at making money, but I could not hold it. Mm. Like I would be like, where the like I would look at what I'd earn and I'd be like, where the fuck is that? Like, where is that money gone? Because it's not there. Like, where is it gone? And, you know, it was this pattern that as soon as money came in, I would go shopping or I would do this or I would invest again, which is all fine. Like, I still do those things, but now with awareness as to why I'm choosing to do that. And I think that was getting really kind of aware of the patterns that you're creating around money. Is it the fact that you're ignoring it? Is it that you are? you know, it comes out and it goes, it comes in, it goes straight back out. Are you hoarding it? You know, I get a lot of clients who are like, I can't spend any of this. Like this feels really scary. And just really understanding it. I mean, the best place to start with any money stories is asking yourself, you know, what were you taught about money when you were growing up? What was it that you were taught? And I think one of the things for me is money didn't grow on trees. And I definitely know yeah, the classic. And then I definitely know when I started to make quite a lot of money in the business, especially kind of from my dad, I think I celebrated the once and I told him and he was like, what the f- what are you going to do with all of that? Mm-hmm. And that was the response. And I, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is new. This is a yeah. new thing, you know, and, and really understanding that to be around money and it's quite funny now like I had a massage yesterday and I was doing some journaling this morning and I was kind of reflecting back on you know previous Beck 2017 let's say would have you know oh 42 pounds for a massage oh like she would have been there she would have been like yeah 42 pounds and I went for this massage yesterday I booked in for a facial for next week I bought one of the things that she told me to buy like 
And it didn't even, you know, 300 pound doesn't feel heavy for me anymore. A grand doesn't feel heavy for me anymore, but it's because of the energetic minimums that I've worked into to have that as my reality. And I think like understanding that is very important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all have our those common parents, you know, the money doesn't go on trees, you know, you have to mm-hmm. work hard if you're going to be successful. My, one of my parents' favorites was, uh, what's it called? Champagne, lifestyle, lemonade, money. Mm. <laughs> Feeling like you should never be splashing out. Mm. There's so many things sitting under it, isn't there? So once you've got to a point where you sort of understand that lovely insight yes. into your psyche, <laughs> what are we what are we doing around actually actually kind of fixing? Because I mean, these are I, I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day. I call them additional free coaching therapy <laughs> sessions, um, and you were talking about how you know it's never no matter what you know whether you use NLP or you know you work with a coach or you're doing on your own or whatever you're using. It's never just going to be like a golden bullet. Like it's never just flicking a switch. You know, for however many years, 30 odd years, I've been, that's been kind of ingrained into me and that's the way, been the way of thinking. But you can also make relatively quick process. You can start peeling layers off quite quickly, can't mm, you? And yeah. kind of understanding what what's driving your actions. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, you know, I use timeline therapy with my clients because it's one of my favorite all-time tools and it gets Mm. into the belief very quickly but you can actually do it without like yes obviously working with a coach is deeper and you can I can really pry into the answers but you know you can do it just reflect back into the memory you know like okay who is it that I hear saying this is something that I always ask my clients like is it your voice is it your mom's voice is it your dad's voice is it your friend's voice like what voice has actually implanted that belief into into you into your subconscious and then go okay like when was it can I think of a specific memory does it have a feeling where is that feeling in my body and then go into that and and look at it from your eyes now because the the belief that's showing up is your four-year-old self who felt really scared in that moment and said okay this is the belief that I've got to take on put it in your backpack and then they've carried that backpack all the way through till the last 20, 30 years. So go in and have a look and go, okay, well, what do I actually believe now? What is my story now? And it's practicing that because that neural pathway is so ingrained. You know, you've, you've thought it time and time and time and time again, which is exactly what you said, you know, we don't in and out and it's gone and bish, bash, bosh and we're done kind of thing. Like it's a, it's an ongoing thing. It's like going to the gym. You have to work that muscle, that new neural pathway. So having a look at that memory, if there is a memory associated, there usually is if you dig around deep enough and then asking yourself, okay, what is it that I believe now? What is the story that I want to take on? What is what is that that I want to step into? Because our brain is neuroplastic, which means we can change it at any given moment, which is the magical power of the subconscious. So, you know, writing those down, affirming it to yourself, saying it to yourself time and time again, that this is your new story. And every time that old story comes in, you go, no, I'm not, that's not mine anymore. That's not mine to have. It's not mine to keep. And this is what I'm thinking. And this is how I feel from now on. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, like you say, it's a lot of repetition and kind of remembering, like, no, this isn't me actually anymore. And, like, I've, since working with you, it's January, like, 
my awareness mm. of when those things come up like you're sort of sitting in a minute and you have that automatic like that sort of gut reaction or you know response and then well I mean pretty quickly now I'll be like oh hang on yeah hang on a second that that comes again oh I see what's going on here right okay I need to do this and that's it's so empowering to know that you're kind of identifying it and it's still it still can hurt. It can still can be uncomfortable. It can still feel like, oh God, this again. Well, like, but actually being able to consciously kind of do something about it is really amazing. And I think a lot of the time when I'm working with clients, the ones that I see who have the most success when we put ads in place and systems and they start getting clients into their world, the ones that have the most success are the ones that are have done that mindset work that are mm. ready for it that are mm. kind of like okay I needed I needed a strategy action please like you are I know you're very much not just like what's it called like manifestation of like yeah oh I really want this I want to earn 20k this month so like as long as I focus on that enough it'll just happen it's much more about you know pairing up the strategy and the mindset isn't it like so for that sure. you can hold both yeah for sure because I don't believe you can have one without the other. And I think that's a big part of my messaging in the way of like, you can have every single thing there in front of your face. And a lot of my clients do. A lot of my clients come to me already knowing what they should actually be doing. They already know the strategy. Yes. Okay. We need to tweak and we need to mold and we need to uncover some things. But a lot of the time you do know, and actually it's your mindset that's kind of masking that and not allowing you to see it or not allowing allowing you to trust yourself to do it mm -hmm. which is the biggest thing that I see yeah and I think it's like that you have to have both especially when you're going into playing playing in the big like playing bigger yeah. reaching those bigger goals because there's not many people doing it no you know 20 20k reoccurring revenue to me feels very very normal but I was on 1,400 a month four years ago. Yeah. That's a very, that's very different. And there's a lot of my friends who don't, who, who are not on that either. So it, it's, it's crazy to be in that world. It's very natural for us as entrepreneurs because we hear it all the time. Yeah. But actually when you, when you look at it from face value, like you, you're going to have to do work to make that feel normal and make that yeah. feel safe. And just, I guess, just what you said there about making that feel safe and trust. I think there's a lot of things for me that have come up in terms of trust in the business of, A, it not just being me. So I felt very much when I didn't feel like there was trust in the business, I didn't feel like I could spend money on getting support. I didn't feel like I could commit to someone working alongside me because I was like, what if I don't trust the business? I don't trust that I'm going to get the clients. I don't trust that I'm going to be able to pay them, pay me. And I think also just trust in investing in systems and ads. And it's something that comes up a lot with clients. Like, oh, I don't know if I want to spend money on ads because what if I can't afford them? What if it's too much money? What if I don't get the clients back from it? You know, if I spend this money on ads and then I don't get a client within, you know, two or three months, then it's going to be a nightmare. Is that a process that you just have to work through and start stretching that muscle? It's definitely a muscle to stretch. But I think when you've done mindset work, and I saw this with you, mm. is you get curious as to why. Mm. So if you're like, okay, I'm going to put this money into ads. This is what I'm doing. If it doesn't work, that means absolutely fuck all to do with me. 
It's yeah. it doesn't mean that I'm not good enough or that my work isn't good enough or that I'm this is never going to happen for me. Actually, what it is is a, it's a transactional situation that I need to look at from face value, get curious as, as to why it's not working and change it. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, you know, when you get to that level, you have to see business in that way. Because I think when we first start our business, we're so, I mean, I was obsessed, still I'm obsessed with my business, but in a different way, a very detached way now. But like I was, it was so encompassing and I made everything about me and every client that said no was to do with me. And you can't run a business like that. McDonald's definitely isn't running their business like that if someone ain't buying the cheeseburger. Do you know? Yeah, like, exactly. oh it's... my God, they prefer burger again. <laughs> yeah. We should just stop doing, we should just stop doing burgers. Yeah. <laughs> people are the people. So, like I'm done. Trafficking. Yeah, exactly. It's over, um, guys. But like, you know, you really have to detach from what you're creating being about you in that level. And you really have to see it as as curiosity. Like I spoke about this in my podcast this morning. It's that knowing that it can change and get curious of that. And if something isn't working from a strategic point of view, first of all, I definitely do look at the mindset with my clients because a lot of the time it is. But sometimes in business, if things aren't happening, it probably is strategic and things can change or shift or, you know, slightly merge into something else but it's that curiosity it's a very different way of looking at it than oh my god I'm going to burn my business down to the ground because I've done this one launch with these ads and it's not worked and you know it's very different yeah and if I don't post today on Instagram like I might miss an opportunity and then I'm inconsistent and what does that say about me yeah and yeah yeah it's like knowing like I think feeling safe as well to trust that you can in, it's not even just about the money is it that you you know can bring in other people into the business to help you grow it and mm-hmm. have that safety in that you can step away from it and go on holiday and other people can keep your business running it's mm-hmm. not because when it's your identity and when it's you even you only trust yourself to run it you like you're never off like I don't care what anyone says like when you're in that space and that state like you are never off because you are always thinking like oh I better just, you know, better just check in on Instagram. I better quickly check my emails. Like, oh, if something bad happens or, you know, something something needs me, then I need to be available just mm. in case. And I think setting up systems and having people around you, there's that energetic trust as well, isn't there? That actually, yeah, other people can run this business as well alongside me. And having that leadership and being able to then translate what you, what your business is about, how you want things to run is a next level thing, isn't it? Like feel like I'm kind of stepping into that bit at the moment yeah definitely kind of really encompassing the CEO which I think it's hard because you don't you don't almost get taught that I think Mm. as a business owner like you start as a a lot of people start as a freelancer or a lot of people start as like doing bits here and there for you know like I was doing hypnotherapy for weight loss I've got loads of things going on and all of a sudden you're like wow okay I'm now leading myself to run this empire And it's not just on me anymore. Like I get to trust me, which is why I think like the trust piece is so, so important to trust your decisions and trust you, which I think like a lot of clients, like I can't, I don't really resonate with this because I was a performer. So I've been self-employed since I kind of started working almost. But, you know, when you've been in a nine to five, you have people looking over you, you have your KPIs, you have your 
you know exactly what you're turning up and doing that day. But with your business, you're like, wow, okay, like I've got to put my schedule in now. Like yeah. what? You know, like it's it's yeah. working on that. And then working enough to trust yourself to go, okay, this is the decision that we're doing. Everyone on board, let's go and do it. And I think that's yeah. where the curiosity comes in as well as the, okay, maybe it didn't work, maybe it did, but we went there and I trusted myself. You know, I can't remember who said it. I think it might be Stephen Bartlett. He was saying, you know, there's two types of business owners. There's a business owner who completely trusts themselves, try it out if it doesn't work, you know, within a week or the business mm -hmm. owner who fluffs around on that same decision, takes a year to decide and then finds out it doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, is it a month or is it a year? Which one are you kind of choosing? And I think that is, yeah. it is risk, but it's also reward with your business. And I think if you can trust yourself to, you know, you're, you're at a heightened risk when you, when you start really growing your business, aren't you? And, and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. And I think what we were talking about a little bit before we started recording was this feeling like as you go up to these next levels so as you start to you know move out of your comfort zone and take the next level and start to you know bring in more money and have maybe slightly different structure the business do things slightly differently you can feel a bit like you're a beginner again can't you like yeah. that fear can creep back in and like you might have had like really solid trust in yourself you know in yourself and your decisions how your business is running and then you're making these changes you're bringing in more money it's a different level of client it's something else you know is coming into play or maybe you've started taking on team members and suddenly you're like oh my god I feel like I've lost my plan mm -hmm. and I think you do almost revert back to the the little you that started your business yeah. who was like flitting around and downloading the master classes and trying yeah. to overlearn you know a lot of my clients are at that space when they first started start working with me and it's that overlearn overconsume constantly watching what the seven figure coaches are doing and that's what you used to do right at the beginning of your business it all you almost go back into that because you are at that next phase and you are having to learn again and it feels uncomfortable because you don't know and because you've sat in we have four stages of learning I won't go completely into it because I don't want to bore everyone but <laughs> I do I love it myself but. I'm here for it but yeah <laughs> But, but two of the stages of learning that I talk about the most is being consciously competent. So when you're in consciously competent phase of learning, you have to really think about what you're doing. Everything is very conscious. So think about when you first started driving your car, it was like, okay, a 10 and two, look at the mirror, this and this, like everything was so energetically, you really had to think about it. It was quite tiring when you were yeah, first exhausting. learning, exhausting. Yeah. And now you get in the car and, you know, just a little, I used to do my makeup in the car. Like, how bad is that? I mean, I don't often get to places and think like, I don't know. I don't know how I got here. No, I exactly. If, I assume if I seen a red light, I would have stopped. Yeah. So, it's so. That, but that's the set, like that's our last yeah. stage of learning, which is your subconscious competence. And actually when you've been in subconscious competence for a long time in your business, which is when you're playing in your comfort zone and you're doing the things that you've always done and you do stories very easily and you post on Instagram very easily and you can sign clients very easily. And then you go, okay, now let's add funnels and ads and the bigger picture and let's get the PR people in and let's start writing a book. You're, you're back at that conscious competence where a lot of time your ego then goes, oh, no, no, no. 
Oh dear. Oh, God. oh dear. We cannot be a beginner because no. we've been an advanced business owner for a long yeah. time. Like <laughs> there is no way I'm going back to this. And it's actually calling yourself out on that, being like, no, it's okay. It's okay to be a beginner again. I haven't gone back to the start. You know, I get clients that say this all the time if we've changed their niche or they're like, oh God, I'm starting from the beginning. And I'm like, no, you're just having to think about what you're doing at the moment. Yeah. That's all it is. That was a big tangent, but... No, I loved, I loved it. And I, mean, <laughs> I think it probably leads quite nicely into the fact that you're sort of going through that at the moment in yes. terms of... So at this point, you've grown your business pretty much all on Instagram, which yeah. is kind of incredible because it's not like you've got like hundreds of thousands of followers either. I think that's such a testament, isn't it? It's like getting to like 20 to 30k months on one single platform, one single focus and... Also, something I was going to talk a little bit about later, something I've taken from working with you as well. It's like one offer. Like it's yeah. just, yeah. I mean, you do little bits and pieces like a masterclass or an in-person day. Or, and you've obviously recently launched your membership. But up until a couple of months ago, like you literally, your primary income source was people working with you one-to-one mm. over a month, three months or six months. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah, basically. And I think like I kind of, it was weird because I fell in that when I moved home from Australia. Mm. And I actually... You know, I had done the launches. I had a group course called Visibility Queen. This was kind of more when I was in, I did a lot of work with writing content and being visible as a mindset coach. And then I switched when I came back home. And, you know, like I had a group course called Visibility Queen. I had the content Bible, like I had all of the group courses and stuff. And when I moved back home, I felt really unaligned which I think a lot of my clients go through too which is why I can resonate where I'm I was like I fell into this and actually this is not why I've done my business you know it's not why I started and I really moved into the mindset side of business and I still teach content and visibility it's still part and parcel of the business now but yeah you know I I really because I moved back from Australia and went through a huge breakup I didn't have the capacity to sell anything else. I literally had no creativity for a very long time because I was dealing with moving back and everything else that the breakup brought, you know, brought on. And I decided then and there that it was like, okay, well, it's one-to-one. Like, that's how you work with me. And I did it so well that I can drop one-to-one on my stories and within three hours, there'll be the next person in, you know, because I made it that. And I think growing the sustainability through one-to-one of reoccurring revenue is where it's at, if yeah. I'm honest. It's, it's where it's at. Yeah, I find it incredible. And But at this point, so now you've introduced, as you're obviously you're more settled now. And yes. You're, you know, yes. you've moved into your lovely house, and you've got Barney and Jack, <laughs> and you're like pushing to your next kind of level. You've obviously got the membership. Mm-hmm. and as, And this is actually, I mean, not quite, I don't, not most of my clients not quite at where you're at in terms financially before they start the membership but often they'll get to like this high level capacity with one-to-one you mm-hmm. kind of re- you realize you know there's only so many people you can see and you've kind of reached your upper limit so we go into more of a group program or a membership or whatever it is and actually lead gen for that is is a different ball game and completely it's it's I think we talked a little bit about earlier, you know, expecting just to do the same thing, like, you know, for you to like work harder on Instagram, do more Instagram to get those leads. It's just not, it's not sustainable. And it's not really, you know, much bigger businesses like British Airways or, you know, McDonald's or whatever. They don't just use one approach. And 
and just do more of it to get more sales you know you start mm. to bring in other legion as well and is that is that what's kind of brought on your facebook looking at facebook yeah for sure the way that i speak about my business is about playing bigger and i always embody what i teach and i'm like if i'm not playing bigger then how can i expect to tell my clients to play bigger and you know my dreams are to be you know, flying around the world speaking and, you know, have the book tour and be on this morning on the couch, you know, like all of those are, are my big dreams. Yeah. And if I'm not doing things in my business to to match where I want that to be, it's, I'm not working yeah. towards anything. And yes, I can stay in the comfort and yes, I have a very nice life right now. And I love my one-to-one -one clients, but like there is I have to do like not do more but I have to reach more yeah. to get to where I want to be and I think there is a certain way that you can do that on Instagram through you know being very lucky with a reel going viral if you get viral in the right place yeah or TikTok but again that's more work you know that's more work and I have got to a point now where I really love having the afternoon off or yeah. you know multiple days off or you know, having that space and time to go and be creative or hold more space for my clients. And I think there's there's that in between where and I know a lot of people are like, I did this organically by myself. And mm. I feel like there's a bit of a there's a bit of a like, oh, well, you use Facebook ads, did you? Yeah. Like there is a bit of that. Yeah, I actually saw one of those this morning on Instagram. Like I have made this amount of money organically. I've never spent on ads just yeah. from this. It's like, well, it's great. But <laughs> Great. That's great for you. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I also don't, I think, you know, throwing shade on using ads. Yeah. Know, like is... there's no, there's no, there's, I don't believe there is anything wrong with it. And I don't think we need to celebrate either. Like, yes, I've yeah. grown my business organically, but if, but if I didn't, then I probably would have looked at it earlier. It's just that I, you know, created a space on Instagram that allowed me to to be in the authority. I'm very good at what I do. So people talk about it, you know, like there's, there's so many factors of that working on Instagram. And I do think that having a bigger following on Instagram, as much as people say it's not, it does help with authority, like instant authority and, and trust for, for your lower ticket offers. And that's just something that I was like, I want to reach more people and I don't want to keep doing more stories ev like to, to do that. And I don't reach more people on stories anyway, because the same, the same people watch. So it's more about getting more, more aligned clients in and Facebook ads would do that. Yeah. Well, actually, I think as well, as you grow a business, you know, that feeling of being much more in control about mm your business like yeah okay you might get a viral reel and you might suddenly get to like 30,000 followers but are you going to put the success of your business in potentially going viral yeah or yeah. are you going to have a strategic plan that brings and you never like that viral reel I have actually some clients who have had viral reels and they are not the right people no and no. you never quite know which one's going to go viral where it's going to go viral and yeah. the type of people it's going to attract in yeah and actually like their engagement plummeted since because they can't reach the people are interested you know that because yeah. it's a tiny fraction now of what they it are is. so it I is think for it, sure having that like repeatable system you can be confident in when you're selling something like a membership where you want to bring people in more regularly you need to know that okay I need to reach this amount of people you know this amount of people go on the list I then you know send them these emails which I know will convert to this and it suddenly becomes this process that 
you know easy and repeatable and yeah exactly you're not relying like you say on like a viral reel or doing more and that and then your social media just supports yeah and then you're you're the shop front aren't you then exactly. on your social media and yeah you can step into that you know that's something one of the big things that I've you know I've spoke about it in a lot of podcasts but I've always wanted to be famous since ever since yeah. I was a tiny tiny baby and I believe that I have a platform now where that could be a possibility and I do need to get in front of more eyes and more people who are aligned and yes I can more than happily keep selling one-to-ones the rest of my life and know that that would be okay but I I equally know that to have something different you have to do something different and I think that's where you get to isn't it and then it's making the decision and you know I get it it's easier when you've got the the cash in the bank to spend on on ads like I get that but if you're doing it right and if you're doing it strategic you'll see an ROI anyway and that's where like you know investing in support again whether it's with mindset or strategy or ads or email I mean for me that's definitely definitely the plan going forward for sure. it's had quite a good response so far <laughs> okay oh my gosh that's been amazing so the own the last thing I wanted to share was just a few things as I was reflecting on the things that like having worked with Beck things that I've kind of taken away I mean <laughs> I won't go into all of the, the mindset stuff there's a lot going on there but there's a few things in the way that Beck runs her business that I just thought it might be interesting for people to know. So first of all, I have access uh, on Voxer in between our calls. And um, I, you know, things come to me at random times of the day. And obviously I work around my kids and often I'm working in the evening or the weekend. But like Beck, and actually this is true of all my coaches that I choose to work with, have really, really strong boundaries. And I find I find having boundaries with clients really hard I feel like oh I'm not being flexible enough like oh they won't like me or what if they don't enjoy that boundary and actually what I realized from working with Beck is that boundaries make me feel safe it makes I know that I could message her at like nine o'clock on a Friday night if there was something like oh my god I really need to talk to you about next week or you know I've just had this massive realization I just need to like verbalize it quickly I know there's no worry in me that she's going to feel like she has to come back to me or be like, oh, for fuck's sake, Sophie, like it's nine o'clock on a Friday. Like this is an inappropriate, you know, it's not business hours. Because I, I know that she has boundary and she won't look at Voxer until it's a time that's right for her. And, and of all my coaches are exactly the same. So really, really clear boundaries. It's helped me get much clearer with my boundaries, with my clients. And not feeling bad for not being available for my clients at nine o'clock on a Friday night. If they email me at nine o'clock on a Friday night or vox to me, that's that's absolutely fine. But I'm not going to feel guilty for not going back to them until Monday when I'm and not even Monday first thing like at seven a.m. when I, you know, technically it's a work day. Like when I am in a space where I'm ready to reply to them properly. The second thing is kind of having that light bulb moment of that I actually am able to create a business that works for me. So. Beck does a week of calls on and a week of calls off so like all her client calls are one week and then the next week there's no calls and like honestly that just blew my mind I was like oh yeah oh yeah I could do that we could do that too oh my god I remember that session so do you remember? I was like it's blowing my mind so you just you just align them all up so yeah so my clients have fortnightly calls every other week and one week we have calls and one week we don't it's taken me quite a long time to cycle through like different clients and get to that point I'm pretty much there now and you know when I now book new clients in you know when I tell them my availability it's on my on weeks and my off weeks are booked out in my calendar 
So people can't kind of book in anything unless I kind of choose to add something in like I do podcast recordings, for example. But yeah, it kind of totally blew my mind and really opened my eyes to the fact that I really need to start thinking about how I want to run this business, like what is going to work for me? Because I didn't even know that I wanted that. Like I didn't even know that a whole week off calls would feel really spacious and luxurious and like the life that I want to be living. I didn't know that I was missing that until I sort of really sat down and thought, okay, yeah, what I'm feeling at the moment is I have a maybe two or three calls a day and I'm not ever getting into something really in a deep kind of way. Mm. Yeah. And I've had like days where I was like, okay, I'm not going to have any calls on a Tuesday. But even so, I just, I just found the rest of the week was then chaotic. And I tried to do all my like admin marketing, everything on a Tuesday. And that made that feel really heavy. So having it split by week has, has massively, massively helped. And then I think the last thing we actually touched on this earlier actually is that I don't have to create a complicated business. I don't have to have a 27 pound offer and a, you know, an initial step to working with me and then a, and then a, you know, 97 pound an offer, you know, per month. And then my high ticket, actually, I can just work with people on a high ticket basis. And now like with the rebrand and the relaunch, I have basically the same service, but just in three ways. I can either, you know, coach you and we'll work together one-to-one for me to help you implement your plan. I can create the plan for you and then you can get your team to implement it, or I can create the plan and do it for you. But essentially the strategy of me creating this like end-to-end customer journey so that you are you know bringing people into your world and like make consistently kind of turning them into clients and giving them like a really amazing journey along the way that's just one product now like and I'm just kind of working with people in a different way and that just feels so good compared to I was you know with a group program and one-to-one coaching and management and there's so many different things I was on, you know, a bit of Facebook ads. And then sometimes I was helping people with email marketing. Just felt really bitty. It's mm. really nice to just have that super clarity now. And like, this is what I love doing. This is what I'm going to do. And the right people will want to work with me for that. I don't have to offer something at every every budget. Yeah. Um, I think it was quite a big revelation for me as well. So I thought that might be helpful for people to hear a little I bit. I love that. I love that reflection. Okay, so oh my gosh, we've talked about a lot today. It's quite easy to go away feeling a little bit overwhelmed. So, what's the one thing you'd advise someone to do after listening to this podcast today? So, depending on what has perked your ear the yeah. most, they yeah. <laughs> so say percolated them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice word. word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's percolated in your life? That would have made me sound much more intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I would actually start having a look at, might feel a bit weird, but start having a look where you're feeling really comfortable. Mm. Because actually discomfort is the sign that we are growing. And if you are in the the phase of your business where you are wanting the next level, where you are wanting to move into next level of visibility or next level of finance or next level of ways of holding your clients – Where is it that you feel really, really comfortable right now? And then ask yourself, okay, if I carried on doing this for the next year, the next five years, would it get me to that place? And if the answer is no, have a look at what it is around the comfort that's kind of keeping you safe. Because you'll know deep down that you're keeping yourself safe. I know it. 
we all know it. know it. We all know it. I know. We all know. It's like, oh, God, really? Yeah. I think it's that thing, isn't it? Of like, oh, but, you know, is uh, that early stages is hard work. And it's like, yeah. oh, no, but, but I just so finally cozy. feel like I've got it. <laughs> but you're right. Like, and if you're happy with the level of income and you've yeah. found your balance, like, fine. absolutely fine. But if you are, yes, yeah, striving for a financial either consistency or next level and you're not getting there with what you're doing, like, you've mm. got to look at it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Start with the mind. Start with that. Start with the mind. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, if you want to find out more about that, you will find her on Instagram, obviously. I will put her link, her bike. I'll put her handle in the show notes. But she also has her own podcast, which is really, really good and is an additional coaching session for me <laughs> most weeks called Higher Self and I. She has a brilliant quiz called The Chief Entrepreneur Identity, the CEI quiz and, and you can find out what your unique CEO profile is so you can kind of operate your business based on you which is a bit about what I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. and as I also mentioned she has an amazing membership for high achieving entrepreneurs ready to achieve success and unlock their business growth through mindset work and hypnotherapy Woo-hoo. <laughs> all of those links obviously will be in the show notes and if you go over to her Instagram you'll find them all there as well of course Thank you so much, Beck, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes every Tuesday when they're released. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to rate or leave a review wherever you're listening to it. It only takes a few seconds, but it really does make a massive difference to new people finding me. Thank you again for joining me, Sophie, in this episode of Lionhearted Marketing. See you next time.